Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man! Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Otto Octavius was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus. From now on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Welcome back to another edition of Spectacular Radio. I am the co-host and executive producer of Spidey-Dude.com. I'm Zach Joyner and uh, webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com, the website that powers this very show. I am, of course, I mentioned I'm a co-host. But I have to introduce the host, Greg Vashansky. You are the host. Yes, I am. Thank you for the introduction. And I want to once again introduce our good friend, Mr. Gerard Delatour. After the past two episodes, also back from his long absence. And we're really glad to have him. Thank you very much. Uh, in theme with the episode, I guess I am the understudy here. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you, you were never the understudy. We may have had a couple of Jessies that were, but no, Jesse Garrett, we missed. Oh, oh, come on. Je- oh. No, 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 Jesse, Jesse Garrett. Jesse Garrett's a great guy. We miss him. We know he got married and had kids, and that's why he was he had to uh, take a step away from the podcast in the middle of season one. But that was that was just a joke, and I'm sure he knows it was meant with, with love. So I hope you know. So if he's out there and listening, we do miss you, Jesse. And we Jesse, do, Jesse and, I'll just tell you, it's it's cheaper to keep her, buddy. Just yeah. trust me. <laughs> and also, Jesse, if you are listening, we do hope to at least in some capacity hear from you on Final Curtain. So, seeing Ooh. that, and we're almost we're down to the wire. After this, this is it. That's, that's almost like going at going back and getting Brandon for Clone Saga Chronicles. <laughs> Didn't that happen to me? Uh, we could we could make awkward Miley Cyrus jokes. Oh my god! With, with, with the years of hindsight and how much she's changed, that would be pretty amusing. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Stay tuned for the final episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Oh man. Yeah. No. Like I say, that's uh, that that's yeah. Jesse's a great guy, um, and I hope I hope he he can he can participate in some fashion in the uh, final curtain episode. Like like Zach, what 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 means could he possibly use to participate in said episode? Is there like some kind of line he could call? Yeah, you can message? call a voicemail line. It's in fact we have a voicemail line for all of our shows on the Spidey Radio Network. Like it's 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 got a number. That's off the top of my tongue. It's eight one eight nine two five six six three one eight one eight. 925-6631 is the phone number if you want to call and leave a voicemail. Keep it under three minutes. T- tell us your name, what show you're calling about, and where you're from. And uh, you can leave comments about whether you love us, whether you hate us, or both. You know, you can love us and hate us, maybe. Or about uh, the show itself, what you th- think of the show, Spider-Man in general. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. So you can also, if you prefer not to leave in a voicemail or you live outside the U.S., or it may or may not work. You can always leave us a uh, a, re- a email. It's spectacularradio at gmail.com. It's spectacularradio at gmail.com is the email address to leave us your feedback. We, we've we been saying this the last several fan panels for a reason because we want to get as much feedback on the the big, giant-sized final episode of Spectacular Radio. We and are marching 
closer. And if we haven't pimped, these on, pimped this on the forum and on the groups yet, we're going to. Absolutely. We're going to, uh, and that reminds me, you can go to our, our forum. That's a, it's, it's a discord. We have a discord server that you can join. If you're, if that, if you are so inclined, or of course you can go to our social medias, like at Spidey dude radio on Twitter at Spidey dude network on Instagram or at Spidey dude radio network on Facebook. So those are our various social medias that you uh, can go and participate in. We would love to hear your feedback. Greg, uh, what episode are we covering this particular time? We are covering the penultimate episode of the series, Opening Night, written by Greg Wiseman, and unfortunately I'm blanking out on who directed it. Let me take a look. I, should I, don't, know how to, I, don't, know, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Mike Goguen. G-O-G-U-E-N. Goguen? This episode is Opening Night, the second episode of the drama arc. Ooh. Okay. All right, so Norman Osborn has invited Captain George Stacy and J. Jonah Jameson to the vault, a new wing of Rikers Island prison designed to contain the most dangerous of supervillains. To prove it is inescapable, Osborn has quote-unquote arrested Spider-Man as a special guest to test his boast. Meanwhile, Black Cat is arriving in disguise to do something she never thought she had to do, break into a prison. Did At you notice her name? Yes, I did. <laughs> her name was... Uh, Selena Drew. Selena Drew. I, I, I couldn't remember the last name. I knew it was Selena, but I couldn't remember the last name. Well, Selena Drew. Selena Drew, which is a nice double reference. If you, I can understand why you don't get one of the references, but if you don't get the other, what are you doing here? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. At M Cube, the school plays production of a Midsummer Night Stream is getting ready to begin. The cast is nervous, and Sinjon Devereaux is panicked. To top it off, Harry Osborne has gone missing, and Gwen Stacy has not seen him all day. Liz Allen is also concerned for Peter, as she wants him to sit with her parents in place of her brother Mark, who has just recently gone to prison. When a director announces his plan to play Harry's role of Puck himself, Glory instead suggests Hobie Brown, who knows the role cold, cold having performed at the Lincoln Dynamic Youth Center. Oh, a nice uh, little reference to our dear departed friend, Mr. Lincoln, the 16th president, God rest his soul. No, 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 that would be a reference to L. Thompson Lincoln. Remember when he was raising money oh, for his youth center oh, back in season oh. seven? Season seven. Season seven. Episode seven. Episode seven of season one. <laughs> season seven. We're not that lucky. The world is not that nice. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is, a Greg we this is a Greg Wiseman show. They never make it to three. Young oh, Justice. Oh, oh. <laughs> that required uh, the resurrection powers of like a Lazarus pit to get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understood that reference. Mm hmm. Back, in, back at the vault, Black Cat begins her infiltration while Jameson is gleefully teasing Spider-Man over his imprisonment, and Osborne excuses himself to attend to personal ma matters, Oscorp business. Spidey suddenly blinds the camera with webs, which triggers knockout gas in the cell. When the guards arrive, they see nothing but webbing inside the cell, but no Spidey. Poking a mound of webbing, the guards are dosed with the gas that had been blocked been blocked off, giving Spidey his escape route. The security staff immediately goes into lockdown procedures, but nothing responds, and all the doors are sealed shut on the guards. High above Riker's Green Goblin watches the chaos as he hacks into the prison systems. 
Escaping the vault, Spidey arrives in the main prison wing of Rikers, where all the crooks, thugs, and hoods, hoods he put away stew in their cells. Among them are his old pals, the Enforcers, Silvermane, and Quentin Beck. Suddenly the cell doors fly open and allow said crooks, thugs, and hoods to gang up on the wall crawler, just as the curtain rises at Midtown. Spidey does his best to survive the thugs, including Quentin, when he turns into Mysterio. I knew he was a bot, Spidey exclaims. Suddenly, Black Cat appears and distracts the criminals long enough for Spidey to catch his breath. The pair slip into one of the cells to evade the mob, a cell which is also ex occupied by a single tenant. The school play is now in full swing, and Hobie has taken the stage as Puck. Puck. While Glory is playing the character of Cobweb, both of them mocked up in design in costumes to echo the two stars of this particular piece. As he recites his lines, the Goblin releases Rhino and Mark Allen, the latter of whom he reactivates as Molten Man to increase the odds against Spidey. Back in the cell, Black Cat introduces Spidey to its occupant, Walter Hardy, the cat burglar, and her father. Spidey is quietly shocked to, upon discovering that the criminal, as he was a criminal who killed Uncle Ben, that fateful night in the arena. And I just want to say one thing: he flat out says Black Cat's father murdered Uncle Ben. He didn't destroy Uncle Ben. <laughs> no, he's... He was not destroyed. With a laser blaster. Exactly. <laughs> the trio make good on their escape through the vents, just as Rhino arrives to tear down their hiding spot. Black Cat explains that she wants to break Walter out, but Spidey will have none of it, and Walter is left feeling very uncomfortable. That feeling becomes mutual, and Molten Man sends fire through the vents. Meanwhile, Flash is up on stage as Nick Bottom. Though his acting skills are weak, being with Shashan makes it worthwhile for him. You know he's getting some action later that night. Aww. Spidey, Black Cat, and Walter escape into the vault's gas storage chamber. Black Cat explains that the criminal's going to be stopped if someone's willing to stay behind and turn the gas vents on manually. Naturally, she goes Spidey into being that someone, and so he heads back to lure the villains into the chamber. Along the way, he removes the mysterious robot from the field by luring Molten Man into blasting it. Once all are gathered in the chamber, the gas is turned on by Walter, allowing Spuddy and Black Cat to escape, while he and the other prisoners are left trapped. As Black Cat leaves in anger, her thoughts flash back to mere moments before. Walter explains to her and Spidey that it's a cat burglar he had never hurt anyone, but started carrying a gun for protection as his physical skills faded with age, having regretted killing Ben Parker every day since it happened. Walter chooses to stay behind and atone, rather than accept rather than accept her father's fate, Black Cat instead blames Spider-Man and swears that she'll never forgive him. She's not the only one angry, as the Green Goblin is now fed up with Spider-Man's continued survival and attacks him directly. <laughs> Immediately, Spidey's thoughts turn to the terrifying fear that Harry Osborn is back on the Globulin Green and seeking revenge at his alter ego. As order is restored at Rikers, a scene fails once more to M cubed, where Hobius Puck delivers the final scene to a standing ovation. But and anyway, that is opening night, and um, this is a big one as the as penultimate episodes of most seasons of TV nowadays tend to be. So a lot there's a lot that happens in this episode. I think there's a hell of a lot to discuss. So I'll go first. I, I enjoyed this episode, but I do not care about Shakespeare. I'm sorry, Greg. I know I, I know you love Shakespeare. I know that Wiseman loved Shakespeare. But like, and I 
get that it's a it's a it's a school play and and you know you gotta have you know and and because of of greg's love of shakespeare you know he inserted it in here uh so it's like you know i'm not gonna say i'm not i didn't even i didn't go back and like read the play before we did this so i'm assuming that all the lines are directly lifted from the play there's nothing yes they are there's nothing that uh uh is inserted via that so i get that it's a framing device and so but i also have some problems (laughs) i used to be in prison i used to work in prison excuse me um and so, as a result, I have some I have some things to say about the security of said prison. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's uh, you know, comic book prisons. What can we say? Not <laughs> great. So here's the here, like when the point where they're all the the guards are locked down. Okay. Yeah. I get, I get this is a high tech prison, but there would be some sort of key system. Whether it's a physical key or a key that overrides the computer aspect, because in the event, now granted, in the in the pod, which would, is what would where the prisoners are being held, which was, was what's in prison lingo, it's called a pod. Inside the pod, it all looks like a standard prison, which is which is fine, which is for your low level criminals, I can understand it. So, um, but. The the aspects of like the way the doors are locking down and and I I get that there this is supposed to be a high tech unique prison, but there has to be some sort of key mechanism that is only accessible one way, not both ways. So basically the 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 criminal the person being held wouldn't have access to the key system, but the guards would be able to override this computer stuff because. Even in modern prisons that have automation, they have they have some sort of way to get to those cells. Now, getting very adult, very morbid. I get this is also a children's program, so you don't want to talk about, talk about these things. Despite what I talked about last fan panel, they have to the be able to get I made. <laughs> right, but they have to be able to get in. In the in the in the instance that a a inmate an offender is committing suicide or has snuck into the cell and is killing somebody the job is to keep everybody alive <laughs> so that's well, one as, of my as we've seen in recent history at rikers sometimes high profile prisoners Epstein <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, didn't kill himself um, <laughs> hashtag. but hashtag but yeah, well, that don't even. That isn't me. I, 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 I just on. wanted to make a joke. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I understand. I, I could go on for an hour about everything that was wrong with that situation, but at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of key that that it enables access. Now, I, I get that they're trying to keep Spidey in. That part I completely understand. Have no issues with. No issues with the gas, even though. The using the man the the like the Marvel Universe ACL you would have a field day with the use the way they're dispersing the gas. Um, oh, wait, because are you, are you saying that Norman Osborn might not be the most human rights driven <laughs> individual? <laughs> Norman Osborn, the guy that willingly operates on on kids that are still technically at his son's high school that. Nanobots that enable him to have like molten lava. 
uh, uh, skin on his, you know, on him, and and you know, mm-hmm. you know, sand men and guys encased in in rhino armor. You know, he's not, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from, especially when you bring in real-world perspectives into this, because comical prisons have always had, I mean, had a lot of really wonky issues with realism. I mean, there's a graphic novel I read back in the day, The Avengers and Venom, The Vault. Have, have either of you ever read this? It's a bunch of supervillains trying to break out the Avengers and Freedom Force come in, and mostly it's Venom and Thunderball having a dick-measuring contest. Because it was the... Oh, yeah, and Venom kills a lot of innocent people in this because he's a lethal protector. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He only kills people who deserve it. Like the guard that he was breaking out for... All of these dudes that were in the fall. It's regrettable yeah. that we have to kill, but yeah. we must we must move forward. But no, uh, but no, Zach, thank you for that. Actually, if anything, I'm, it's not one of those things I annoy, that annoys me and say, oh, picky. It, it's actually fascinating because, you know what, not many people have experience in prisons. They, uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. thank God. I mean, Gerard doesn't as far as I know. I'm pretty sh- damn sure Greg has never been to prison. What do you mean as far as you know? <laughs> what are you trying to employ? That you're a sociopath. I'm just kidding. Um, it's been striking distance, so I have to watch what I say because George sitting right next to me. But um, no, I like I say that as I was sitting there watching, and like Gerard, like and I were watching it together, and I, I, I that was one of the big comments that I made about this episode is that that, that doesn't that does, no I got things to say because yeah. ultimately. If something was to happen and that Mysterio bot, for example, was to malfunction and explode and, uh, you know, you have to be able to – it's all about response. You know, it's all about responding in a in a manner of which uh, – and this was a very well-staffed prison. I will say this. <laughs> it is the most well-staffed prison that I've ever been a part of yeah, when I was well. in prison. I mean, worked in prison. I need, to, I need to quit saying that I was in prison. <laughs> nice. Well, Rikers Island, I mean, if we're going to go into real world, let's just say there have been many issues of the way Rikers Island is run for many years now. I think Gerard, I mean, who used to be, who is a New Yorker yeah. still, is aware of some of this stuff. I mean, they've been... Yes. I mean, it's underfunded. They've been trying to shut it down, so... Um, now they're doing work, like, like prison release programs, which are like... <laughs> I mean, uh, it's worth mentioning Rikers Island in the Marvel Universe is actually canonically a different place than the actual Rikers Island, mm -hmm. and they denote this by spelling them differently. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Rikers Island in the real world is right next door to LaGuardia Airport. Yes. (laughs) Whereas in the comics, they seem to depict it usually being right off the coast of Manhattan. Isn't it now the raft? Well, yes, but like, yeah, the well, same thing. Yeah, the raft is, yeah, the raft and and is a is basically the beefed up version, like in this episode of Rikers. Yeah, but but so, I thought it was cool that they referenced the vault because you and I, we're all older readers, who remember the vault being the prison before Bendis made it the raft. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Like I've mentioned before, the very first Spider-Man comic I ever bought was Amazing Spider-Man 383. It was a trial by jury, and part of it was it had to do with the vault. Yeah. And and you stayed a fan after reading that issue. God. Bless. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was Mark Bagley. It wasn't. It wasn't David Michelinie's writing. It was Mark Bagley. Definitely. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. But um, and seeking into what you mentioned before about the Shakespeare. Yeah, I love Shakespeare. I also get, and I know where Gerard's gonna go, so I'm gonna. 
Hey, we discussed this when we were discussing. Uh, this came up when we were discussing uh, the Colonel Jupiter episode. But um, I can understand not caring for references for certain things. I'm at the. I mean, I love the Shakespeare references myself. I'm at the point in my life. Where, actually, I've been at this point since the 90s, where I am sick and tired of Star Wars references and things, where they will put, where characters and something will just for no reason quote Star Wars or pull out lightsabers. I'm like, yes, yes, I get it. I've seen this a million times already. Please stop. Right. So, so I get it. So, so yes, so references can bother me on that level. I mean, um, I mean, obviously, and this is one of the things where Greg is a huge uh, Shakespeare fanboy. He has admitted this. I mean, Oberon, Titania, Puck, and Macbeth, and the Weird Sisters are major characters on Gargoyles. I mean, in the flesh and blood, so to speak. So, yeah, he threw that in for author appeal. He didn't do it quite as much in Young Justice, at least it hasn't come up yet, but... But I, I guess, you know, you're in high school, you're doing a play, you're... Hell, MJ's an actress, so... It doesn't feel as inorganic as to to me, but I will freely admit my own bias there. Well, it's one of those things like like it, it it's it was a trope like especially like on like high school sitcoms and stuff mm-hmm. like Boy Meets World and stuff like that. They had they always had the episodes with the play, mm-hmm. you know, and so and I and I, I'll admit, I was a, and, and I was a bit of a theater geek in high school, so it appealed to me on that level. Yeah, and so I get that there's it's supposed to be. I mean, the, hey, the, hey, the jocks and football players always get their time in the sun. Why not us theater geeks? <laughs> well, I'll say this: it's one of those things. This is a magnet school. Yeah. So you're not going to be doing Greece. You know, you're going to be doing because these are supposedly you know future intellectuals of America. So therefore, we must be doing highbrow theater. So why is Kenny Kong there? Well, that's because, <laughs> that's <laughs> because he lost a bet with Eugene. I mean, Flash. Mm-hmm. Well, we so know, well, we know why Flash is there, but yeah, well, Flash is there to get him some, and it's uh, working. <laughs> someday, someday he'll get some and get some Flash, uh, some some sandwiches from his from his oh. Oh. Josh, that was for you, for you, Bertoni, for you. I mean, I know I made that lewd comment, but the way she looked into Flash's eyes in that one scene where he's Nick Bottom with the with the ass head on, he, oh. he's getting laid that night. <laughs> oh, they're gonna do some serious making out and heavy petting. Um, but <laughs> he's getting laid. I think Gerard agrees with me. Yep. Yeah, like like I say, I mean, the way he looks at her forlornly, like, oh, oh, yes. Uh, well, why is there a mysterious bulge? Yeah, that's not what the word forlornly means. Oh, and I really also did enjoy how Sin John Devereaux dressed up Cobweb and Puck as Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. I've been to a number of Shakespeare productions, and very often you will see some reference to. What is currently going on in the world sneaked in, sometimes blatant, sometimes subtly, or rather blatantly, and sometimes can get obnoxious, but considering that they're hitting on those archetypes anyway, I mean, Spidey is a trickster hero, Goblin is a trickster villain, so on that level, it worked for me. Now, one thing that I didn't like is, 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 is the hamming up of the Green Goblin in this episode. Like, it's one of those things I have a like I have a love hate relationship about because like the the talking in rhymes and everything like that. I was like, okay, like it was funny the first couple of times, but then like by the time 
he says, I'm no longer in the rhyme scheme and, and we're moving on, I'll be like, oh, okay, good, thank God. Well, I liked it, but we would have to delve into some final curtains spoilers there considering uh the whereabouts of certain people <laughs> yeah yeah the... uh, sh- i mean uh sh- should i outright say it or go there or um uh, I-, I think we can kind of table that particular part of the discussion for for, for the next fan I'm, I'm just saying considering who the goblin turns out to be and where harry is the fact that harry was supposed to play puck and um he's quoting puck at various points it's like Jesus Christ, you're a sadistic bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. For 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 being a magnificent bastard, he took a lot of lessons from uh, from uh, Miles Warren. Or or did Miles take lessons from him? Yeah, probably so. That's probably true. You know what? Birds of a feather flock together. All right, <laughs> but but no, I really enjoyed that aspect and. Um, I and again, I enjoyed the return of Silvermane. Because, well, again, this is the last time of Silvermane, and and there's a moment, there's a little moment in this. We're going to talk about some bigger moments soon, where Rhino comes in and he shoves Ox aside and calls him Pipsqueak. <laughs> yeah, Ox is a Pipsqueak. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the fact that it kind of was the greatest hits of the season. We got to see Mysterio, but not Mysterio. Uh, I, I like that we saw Montana and, and Silvermane and the Enforcers. And he made a lasso you know. out of bedsheets. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man, you want to, don't get me started on that part because, like, <laughs> so it, it's it's an homage to um, the six one six. No, no, no. It's one of those things that, like, really in prison. You, you, so they these guys they get sheets like once a week, right? And they use whatever they it's one of those things where if you could send the boy scouts to prison for a week they would learn a lot of useful or completely useless ways of of converting sheets to rope and um because a lot of them they like to like hang up their clothes uh, how how to wash your clothes in a sink slash toilet uh, apparatus that's all one all in one. Oh good lord! I never want to go to prison. Uh, <laughs> or or uh, how to how to make delicious meals with ramen and. Oh, I already uh, know how to do that. No 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 no. We're talking casseroles with ramen noodles, pizzas with ramen noodles. I mean, these guys. Uh, I just have to tell you, it's it's somewhat. Like there was one dude that made a lasagna out of Gerard. How many of, of these real world references is he going to give us throughout this? I don't know, but I don't like the look in his eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> this like these dudes would take apart like they would get because uh, everything was plastic and see through, right? So these guys would take apart um, their alarm clock and their. Um, their their uh, hot pots, like their little like plugging kettles, and turn that into like an oven in the in their locker box and use that to make pizzas. These guys would tear anything that they they owned. They could tear apart and and like MacGyver their way through life. It was like whoever wrote MacGyver basically had to have been a prison guard at some point. <laughs> Because that's the only way you can explain some of the, like the theater of the absurd crap that you would see. 
Oh no, I'm I'm cornered here by a bunch of ninjas. However, I happen to be standing next to a box that has a turkey baster, a banjo, <laughs> and, and three light bulbs. All right, so from exactly. Mon- so, all right, so from Montana, let's just enjoy the classic Silver Age reference. Yes. No. No. It's 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 one of those things where that that is in fact a problem in prison. So, um, you know, I was not surprised. I was like, okay, this is actually accurate. Uh, and it's also a very big prison trope, um, yeah. but I, I won't I won't get into uh, if you are in fact uh, using that n- rope for nefarious self means. But uh, you know, like I say, it's it, it was one of those things. I was like, oh yeah, that's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that part makes sense. Yeah, and I and I did enjoy the reference to Mysterio being a bot. So clearly, Quentin Beck is still out there. What, yeah. what, did he escape? Did he even end up in prison in the first place? I mean, you know what? It, 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 that's the sort of fun thing you can do with Mysterio. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't reach points where you watch the Master of Illusion die, and like, no, Daredevil did not watch him die. He everything else him felt him die or whatever yeah yeah well thank thankfully nick spencer's fixing that yeah exactly like like peter david kind of wrote something and never that was never and it was never talked about again until nick spencer got involved yeah but uh but that's one of those fun things you can do in mysterio like i said i enjoyed seeing silvermane again also kudos silvermane you've got a private cell yeah yeah how much, how much yeah. did that cost him <laughs> Uh, yeah. He called in a few favors. Yeah. I know a guy who knows a guy. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there is, there is Black Cat who finally returns after a long absence, save for one cameo. And as always, she is fun. And, and the way this episode ends, well, we'll never know where it would have gone, but it was not going to be the Catwoman-y relationship that Peter that Peter and Felicia seem to have had in the comics often and I sort of get why they might want to do that because let's face it there's been a lot of she's a Catwoman ripoff thrown at Felicia Hardy for decades yeah it's one of those things where I uh, normally I because I'm a I'm a fan such a fan of the clone saga that I'd be like oh man no Jessica Carradine but like that's a very much a Ben Riley character yeah, they so with Jessica Carradine yeah, combining her and Jessica Carradine and then combining, obviously, Carradine, the burglar, with the cat, I, I'm i like, okay, you know what? That's okay. Oh, I have a... You'll be happy, I have, yeah, you'll be happy with this because you are such a Clone Saga fan. I actually, when the, at, sometime after this episode originally aired, I was having lunch with Greg in California, and uh, I brought up the whole Jessica Carradine thing. Because, you know, she's so obscure, and he says, yeah, I know who Jessica Carradine is, so... Oh, that makes my heart happy. I love Greg Wiseman. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. So, no, I like I say, uh, it's one of those things, and, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this. Unlike the previous you know, the previous two fan panels where we recorded after we did the interviews, we haven't done the interview as of this recording yet. But the normally I have, you know, I, I have minor quibbles with the combining of characters, but the burglar is... He's not a character. He's a he is very much a plot device. Yeah, he's a representation. Here's why it didn't bother me. Also, for the as far as I'm concerned, the most important aspect of Uncle Ben's murder, and I'm so glad they said that word murder on Disney XD. <laughs> yeah. was, was, well, it's Disney XD. It's not Disney Channel. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah, it was because it has to be Peter's fault. Peter could have stopped this guy and didn't. 
That is the very right. essence of it. I mean, I know people have been debating the whole Sandman and Spider-Man 3 thing for a long time. and One of my least favorite parts of that particular movie, I will say. But um, I, the funny thing, is, though, is that I have never heard, except maybe once or twice, but for the most part, I've never heard any outcry over this change or any complaints. I've heard complaints about Lion Craven and Montana's a shocker, but never this one. Yeah, this one. This one's one of those that just was like, okay, it makes sense to bring these two characters together. Also, this episode was seen by like five people, so I don't know who would be complaining about. Oh. Okay, okay, got something. Man, way to insult our audience, there, uh, Paul no, Tour. Considering the fan base that the show still has outside of us, it's out there and it's real. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let the man sitting next to me talk right for a little bit. I don't know if you should, because I don't have a lot of good things to say about this one. Um, Greg's going to be mad at me, but I really, really dislike this episode. Uh, I'm just going to read you word for word this one line that I wrote here in my notes, yeah. and it's going to it's going to hurt your soul. So you might want to like turn away from I've your. Already, uh, I've already heard you say shit about Shakespeare last time it came up, so don't worry. I I wrote my notes here. Shakespeare, of course. Fucking writers can't help themselves. Pretentious in all caps with an exclamation point. Yeah, well, I can actually verify that this is a fact. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I mean, I personally, I don't find it pretentious, but then again, that's just me. And uh, then again, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love the stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's not like say opera, which is too for me. Like we were discussing right. back in Gangland. I mean, Shakespeare. I find I don't even find it to be pretentious. I find it to be fun. I mean, I find it to be really down to earth. I mean, a lot of teachers who teach Shakespeare are pretentious and I blame them for that kind of rep that he often gets, but that's just, again, one person's opinion. And again, also, I mean, like you just, I just pissed off most nerds by going after Star Wars references. And you know what? So the, so the, People will be just as mad at me as you think I am at you. I'm going to say there hasn't been a good Star Wars movie since 1980. Ooh. Oh, sir. So Ooh. I, Jedi isn't that bad. <laughs> Jedi, oh. Return of the Jedi is the one I hate the most. I understand there are ones that are worse, but that's the one that I hate the most. Oh wow, yeah. sir! We need to. We're gonna, we're, we're, we another time we'll have to talk about this. Yes. But oh boy, a, 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 a gauntlet that's, that's, that's been thrown. Also, I'm saving him from the angry Shakespeare fans. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 here's the thing: if it was just like a like a side plot in this, if it wasn't so directly tied into the entire narrative of the episode, it wouldn't have bothered me as much. Using it as a framing device for the entire thing just rubbed me the wrong way because I'm just like rubbing my temple every trans. Transitions like oh my god, and it, and the the worst was Green Goblin speaking in rhyme because Shakespeare get it, and I'm just like oh fuck's sake, I was actually getting angry like watching yeah. it because I'm like Why get it? stop it, this is a right, this is a thing that like every writer grew up like reading Shakespeare and studying Shakespeare and they can't fucking let it go. They have to like it pervades their brains. It, yeah. it, it worms in there and stays there. You see about that? It doesn't just that with, with with say Mr. Wiseman. He loves it. This is a guy who goes to Shakespeare festivals for summer vacations. Well I'm sorry, Greg. I fucking hate Shakespeare <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I fucking hate this episode. Okay. I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. That that's fine. Once again, everyone else. I fucking hate Return of the Jedi and Luke and Leia being <laughs> siblings. It's the <laughs> laziest, stupidest reveal ever done in any movie ever written. Ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> By the way, the reason why we're doing this and why I picked this is because Shakespeare and Star Wars tend to be the two things most referenced in media across the board. Yeah, you want to know something for for Christmas a few years ago? My sister got me a copy of the the, the whole like box set of William Shakespeare's The Star Wars. I never read that. I've seen that. I never read it. <laughs> I haven't read it either, as you can see. Uh, but. Oh, but, but even this, okay, setting aside all the Shakespeare stuff that I hate, this whole episode seems to be based or like, so Spider-Man agrees to be locked in prison on the night of the big play and assuming that nothing will go wrong. Spider-Man, why? Why are you so <laughs> stupid? Why are you like this? Like, it, it again... To, to reference it, because you and I both love uh, Roger Ebert, may he rest in peace, this is an idiot plot of, like, Spider-Man. Why? Why have you done this? <laughs> I'm fine with it because it's 16-year-old Spider-Man. If it was 21 or 22-year-old Spider-Man, then, yeah, I would be right there with you by that And point. then, like, everybody is just acting like idiots to facilitate this whole, like, jailbreak thing from happening. I'm like, stop. Oh, like, just so many opportunities. Lockdown! Lockdown! I'm like, that's not how lockdowns work. I'm like, okay, I know this is, like, you know, this is this is cartoon prison and this, like, there's no episode if it doesn't happen this way. Are oh, you goddamn. kidding? My movies are made for adults. I'm going to keep back. <laughs> for for, for... <laughs> See, previous fan panel for more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I was slightly bugged by the uh, Walter Hardy being the guy who killed Uncle Ben thing. Because it was just kind of dropped in the middle of the episode. I feel like it should have been a bigger deal than it was. Right. They actually, like, Spider-Man actually... is really pissed about it. For, like, five minutes. Yeah. And then the episode just kind of continues, and he's quipping again. It's like, mm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that that subplot, I, I feel like it would have been better served for Walter to escape during all of this, for for Felicia to get, get them out, and Peter to react to the fact that, like, via, like, the bugle, seeing the bugle and seeing Walter's face and name, and going... Oh God! Oh God! Hardy, Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. Oh, and like framing a Black Cat-centric episode, whereas she kind of feels like a little filler. Granted, I loved the Selena, the Selena Drew yeah. name. So did I. Yeah, I go, love the go, way. yeah. Going back, notice they never said her real name in her first appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And and also when he watched episode twelve, when we get to the flashbacks to Uncle Ben being killed, he does the Grant is black and white, so it's hard to tell. He does have white hair, and at one point, Spidey does refer to him as the Cat Burglar. So it was kind of yeah. right there, planted, and a lot of people didn't notice. Right, and so, but I feel like it. I agree with Gerard. I feel like it really should have been more of a focal point of the episode. It does feel tacked on, almost as if at this point that they realized. You know, because I kind of feel like that they're they're well, they, they thought they were coming back for a third season. Yeah, and I, I and I kind of figured that this was like going to be a bigger deal later, but because we already know that there's no renewal, it's it's treated as like a, like I agree with you, it's, it is treated like an afterthought. Because <laughs> like when when Ben when Ben Riley finds out that Jessica Carradine is the, the burglar, it's a it's a big deal. Yes, it is. It's treated like a big deal, and so so because we have seen that and we've talked about that pretty intimately on CSC, it, our perspective may be a little more skewed than most. 
as a result of that. I, I will say this in his favor. It was used well dramatically, mm-hmm. at least initially. I just felt like there should have been a lot more to it and that it was it did feel it was like a third plot basically crammed into this episode and it didn't it didn't belong there. It needed more room to itself. Like it probably would have been better for for instead of it being like in Peter's face, to me it would have felt better to be like reveal Felicia, why are you here? And then you know you find out that it like at the end of the episode, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like by, by now, granted, it it the plot does work in the sense of you do have the nice fake out with you kind of think you know the way Felicia sets it up that. Pete's going to be the one that that uh, sets the gas off, but then it's it is a nice thing to say you know I'm I'm the one setting the gas off because and this is why I do understand that but it, that's something that really you're right it did it did feel very tacked on. Uh, I will say uh, one but, big but, positive but before before you do that I just want to say that for, for the objections you raised to that. Thank you for not it being, ew, not like the comics, like most people would. I This is one of the reasons why I like podcasting, you guys. Well-thought-out arguments, even if, and even when I don't agree with them. I mean, I, I'm disagreeing with most of what you're saying, but you know what? I see where you're coming from, and I appreciate this. I never liked the idea of the burglar being a character at all. I always felt it was, like, same thing with, with Batman. I, he never should have found out or killed his parents. It just, to me, it always worked better as a motivation if it was, you know, it spurred them to to fight the faceless enemy rather than anything specific. I, and I agree with that. I, I think the burglar being a, you know, a plot device force of nature type of thing is better than it being a character that we know intimately i mean uh, as, as good as that as, as issue 200 of amazing spider-man is in some ways i kind of feel like it didn't i wish it didn't happen like i get because at that point like i mean i like this Peter better having, I, I mean i like this better than 200 but um you bring up batman and i was about to say have you ever seen the brave and the bold episode chill of the night yeah they personify batman's killer he finds him and that's actually a fantastic episode. So there's really arguments you can make in either direction on this. Yeah, one. no, I, I understand this is one that will like is unsettled, and I've I've lost this one because all these guys have eventually become characters. So right, but yeah, one positive about this episode, I think Jameson is just gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My blood pressure. You know what, Zach, you can do it better than I do. To raise my blood pressure. Yeah, he's got like the 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 anime uh, veins on the side of his forehead. Yeah, that was great. I mean, yes, I mean that uh, Jameson was great. I I have a love hate relationship with the gargoyles in this episode. They're homunculi. But I loved the the bit with Jameson saying, "I love these guys." I'm like, "Oh, they're kind of like gargoyles." Oh, I, I, I. they should get their own TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That... Um, yeah, yeah. Greg has actually denied that one a bit. He says they are homunculi; they are not gargoyles. He actually, believe it or not, he did not mean for it to come off that way. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? So what was the? They should get their own TV show line in there for Greg. You're a nice guy. I'm calling bullshit on you on that one. <laughs> Besides, the actual gargoyles are much sexier. Look at Demona. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a supermodel with red hair. And uh... I'm gonna leave that alone. By the way, there's another uh, Shakespeare thing where that name derives from. But anyway, uh... homunculi. Yeah, 
No, uh, Demona. Isn't her, isn't her name a derivation of Desdemona? Uh, no, it isn't, although there was a character that was a reference to Desdemona later, but, uh, there, there you go, but, but no, no, it, it was literally She-Demon. Oh. Oh, well, there it is. Um, anyway, so no, overall, I'm gonna be kind of harsh on this, I'm gonna give it a D plus. I am not Ooh. a fan of this episode at all. The lowest... It, it, I don't know why, but for some reason, the second to last episode of both seasons, I just really dislike. I don't know why, it's just a coincidence, I guess. Yeah, man. I, I think I, that may be the lowest grade we've given. No, it's on not. The sh- <laughs> it's not. A I, I, I'm pretty sure I gave season one, episode twelve, either a D minus or an F. Oh, well, you, you didn't give it an F. I do remember that. So okay. I remember because I was surprised after all the years of hearing you complain about it that you didn't. But I, I but um, we're already giving grades now, and I feel like there's still a lot that we haven't touched on yet. I mean. There's, I mean, we mentioned Selena Drew. I mean, we, we talk a lot about the real life, how, real how prisons are run in real life, and oh, we didn't do our Houseman reference. Who comes in and sits next to Gwen because Harry's parents aren't there? So, um, yeah. And it cuts off before Houseman says, "The night Harry's father died." <laughs> I cleaned. I, he in fact died by his own hand. Yeah, actually, Houseman has a pretty amusing single moment in the next episode, which we'll get to when we get to our final episode. But um, yeah, so yeah, they'll really ref- bring any character in. They brought in Bernard Houseman, the most contested aspect of Spider-Man Three. <laughs> Is he really? Because I always thought Venom was. No, yeah, I was gonna say Venom. Yeah, he's not like he's the most. Just in part of, like, the, the Goblin stuff. I'll agree I, with that. I think when it's the Houseman, I mean, Houseman here is voiced by Jeff Bennett, who's a great voice actor. I mean, even for a small role like that. Whereas uh, Houseman, when you watch Spider-Man 3, I'm always reminded of that scene in Wayne's World 2 where he stops off at the gas station. <laughs> the better actor scene? <laughs> yes, the better actor scene. Can we get a better actor in this? And they move that guy aside and bring in Charlton Heston. <laughs> I mean, I know it's hard because he's acting against Frank, especially when you have a guy with that little skill up against Franco, who's a great actor. The problem, the problem with that Franco, scene is that... Uh, Franco's is, is so that, good. Well, no, it's not even that. It's the fact that they, they went out and got a guy that looks like that a, a strong gust of wind would kill him. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just like... And he kind of just shuffles in. It's like, how old is this dude, man? Well, okay... It, to be fair, that was something they cobbled together at the last second yeah. because, as originally shot, Mary Jane is the one that convinced him to go help Spider-Man because she was not there in the in the yeah, final scene. Yeah, Gwen. she didn't want to be the damsel in distress again, so it was going to be Gwen, and then they had, there was a whole cluster with studio stuff and Dallas Bryce Howard, right? Wasn't she pregnant too? Well, no, yeah, but that wouldn't have mattered. She shot she shot action scenes pregnant through that movie, oh, that's but no, right. no, no, they they um. They ended up switching it to Mary Jane, which meant that she they couldn't use the scenes of Mary Jane talking to Harry, so they just yeah. hastily had to throw something together. All right. So um, I'm going to be the odd one out. I mean, like I said, I'm a big Shakespeare fan. I thought the way it was interweaved was clever. Was clever. Each line of dialogue made sense, like references to oxes, the whole cobweb and puck trickster thing again i mean again like i said i'm a theater geek i was an english major i'll freely admit this really admit this was designed to appeal to people like me and i i can also see why it wouldn't work for everyone else and 
else, I'm giving this episode a solid A. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And once again, I want to thank you both for presenting why you didn't like it, but doing so in a thought-out, composed manner, because all too often, especially nowadays on the internet... There's any kind of discourse or discussion about anything. I'm not just talking about the culture warrior stuff. Seems to have gotten so lowest common denominator monosyllabic. And and I'm not saying that to, to dunk on average shows. I'm just saying there's just a spirit of meanness and yeah. not thinking. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's the anonymity that's not even anonymous anymore. Because most people put their names on everything. Yeah, like I'm sitting here, and you said you're going to give it an A. I'm just kind of nodded. I'm not like if the, if I was internet guy, I'm trademarking that. Don't take it. Uh, if I was internet <laughs> guy, I'd be sitting here gritting my teeth, clutched fists, getting ready to, to to yell at you about how you're an ignorant idiot and about how you're completely wrong because my opinion is right. I'm like, nah. I gotta say, I can see why Greg would like this episode. No, and I'll say this: it was it's very well executed. The Shakespeare stuff, like the way that the lines are done, and they're and they're yes, yes. Execution wise, it's it's done incredibly well. However, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. That's when we come back down to personal appeals, personal opinion. I mean, not right. every work of everything speaks to everyone. I mean, and again, I'm, I wasn't trying to troll Star Wars fans there. I was just bringing that <laughs> up because, like I said, Shakespeare and Star Wars are the two most referenced things across culture. I mean, and... But I wasn't really trying to troll anyone. And But you look right. at things, I mean... I mean, for example, Take the Dark Knight. A lot of people think it's a fantastic movie. A lot of people think it's not. And I've heard... And I've heard very compelling arguments both ways. I mean, I've fallen right. somewhere... In, I fall somewhere in the middle on on that. I mean, I thought it was awesome and one of the best things ever the first couple of times I saw it. After The Shining wore off, I could see where someone who is not as high on that movie is coming from also. But I think in most no. ways it's yeah. executed. And I'll be honest, I mean, right now, one of the most celebrated TV shows of all time is Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't love that. I can see why someone would. Right. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but like I say, I didn't, I haven't given my grade yet. Uh, I'm going to give this a B minus. No, no, I'm going to give a C plus. I'm going to give it a C plus just because, uh, of, of the, and I, I don't blame Greg for the, 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 the prison stuff. I know that that may seem nitpicky, but my perspective, I'll say this, it probably would have been a little higher prior to me being in prison, I mean, working in prison. <laughs> um, and so I have a bit of a different perspective since the last time, since the, I mean, I, it, my grade was probably higher when it came out than it is now. But the, I found what you were saying like fascinating I said, and interesting actually. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, but I will say this, it, it's, it's well executed. The Shakespeare stuff's not my cup of tea, but I will say this, despite it not being a, a cup of tea. And even I think George kind of agreeing with me on this too. It's still very well executed, and even though it's getting a low grade from Gerard, I, it it wouldn't be a failure of an episode. It would be a failure of any other writer, I think, or team on any other type of show. Yeah, we we need to stress that. I even though I dislike all the Shakespeare stuff, the way it was weaved in and out of the main narrative was really tightly and brilliantly done. I can I can appreciate the artistry that went into that. I just don't care for it. Yeah, there we go. 
there, here's where you come down to personal tastes. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Gerard doesn't, and um, I've never heard him say that he, he thinks they were badly done. They're just not his thing. Right. In fact, I think it pioneered a lot of really brilliant techniques that, that people should use in movies more. Oh, That's yeah. one of the reasons why I think the Hobbit movies are so bad, because they ignored all of those things that they learned. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, a CG. There was a bunch of shit that went on thanks to Warner Brothers also. They had no time for pre-production, so I'm going to blame the studio mostly for that. Peter Jackson, yeah. who I do like, does bear a brunt of the blame. And I'm and this isn't me going to fanboy over Peter Jackson, because although I love Lord of the Rings, I did see his King Kong. That was all him. <laughs> the Skull Island part of that movie is longer than the original King Kong movie was. Think I have a comparison, but yeah, it's at least that long. So, like I say, I mean, it, despite it being an episode that you know has, we could say issues, so to speak, it's still a technically very well done, and I I do appreciate the amount of care that was taken to make it everything fit. I have this thing in my head of him pouring over every line, just studying and, to see which fits where. I mean, exactly. I, I could see him having the play on the desk as he's, you know, you know, either writing the episode. Did he? Did he wrote this episode? Yep. Mm-hmm. So yes, as he's yes, writing he the, episode, he's you know sitting there and and probably highlighting lines. Mm-hmm. Probably sat there and read it first, highlighted the line and then put that in, you know, kind of as the first part. Of you know, that. it suddenly just occurred to me, he also wrote the season one episode 12 that I hated. Oh, boy. It's and, not, he, and he wrote episode uh, one also. I swear I don't have anything against Greg. But, but he wrote episode one, like Greg just said. So, yeah. And you know what? He also story edited and was deeply involved with every script of this show. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah, granted, the, those three were his solos, but he was deeply, intimately involved with every... I mean, you listen to, say, Nicole Dubuque, and she is always giving praise to him whenever we talk about anything that she wrote in the script. And actually, one of the reasons, and since this is an episode that I love talking with Greg, is that he... Believe it or not, he doesn't have his head up his ass about things. Whenever we say, oh, this is brilliant, he says, thanks, Stan, Steve, and Johnny. They were the heroes. It's not like, and I'm not trying to go into a business contest here, but John Semper taking credit for every aspect of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know. I mean, I mean, when John Semper took credit for the marriage, I was done. Yeah, well, we, well, thank goodness I reintroduced the black cat so everyone knows who she is. Despite the fact that she was in the comics multiple issues, multiple mm-hmm. times during that time frame. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, and like, uh, I said, and like I said, none of that is a shot across the bow of the 90s show. I enjoy the 90s show a lot, and I would, wouldn't mind talking about the 90s show more often in the future if we ever get the chance to. But, but, but John Semper's attitude, I think, is pretentious i mean greg despite all this being and he, even greg will admit at times self-indulgent he's not uh pretending to be anything he's not so i mean he's very humble whenever we have him on and he's always mm-hmm. giving credit to the to the people who truly created this he just says he had the benefit of hindsight and i mean yeah and like i said he's not saying i innovated this i innovated that he just he's he plays so much reference and reverence to Stan, Steve, and Johnny and and others, I mean I, I which I honestly think is the right attitude to take during an adaptation and 
Yeah. And, and again, I like a lot of what I, I like a lot of what John Semper did. It was fun, but when I think of someone who does things the wrong way, it's not going to even. It's not even John Semper, honestly. It's Josh Trank. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, fan four stick. Yeah, fan that, four stick. Now available on Disney Plus. I was like, that's a nope from me. Now that <laughs> shit, and we, and I've also mentioned um. Rick for neckbeards earlier. That is shit that I find to be pretentious. I mean, um, again, I, Gerard, this is a word we've gone around the words with before. Because mm-hmm. I tend to think the internet, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying I tend to think the internet misuses it quite a bit. I'll say this. I should have probably, it's rather than describing it as pretentious here, I think self-indulgent would be a better way to describe it. You, you I know, you, you know what? That. You know what? He might not even disagree with you. I heard him do an interview on another podcast years before, and this episode came up, and someone said, what was it like doing the Shakespeare stuff? What do you think the fans thought? And Greg said, yeah, I'll admit, I don't know how many of the fans enjoyed that, but it was a bit self-indulgent for me. He admitted it. He wore it. He yeah. owned it. Hey, man, if you get to if you get to write a sh- and, and like oversee a television show on someone else's dime, you better believe I would use all of my personal appeal like, like yeah. items in there. I would I would get really yeah. self indulgent. Yeah, as long as it's not to the detriment of the show. I mean, and we you all agreed it was even though it wasn't in your taste, it was very well executed. We've seen right. people get I... self indulgent to the detriment of a production. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, like a thing where it was like a focus that was that could have been removed. It was intrinsically part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Where like, yeah, I could see like the effort went into it. Yeah, and it, to, to leave it in there, I, I I have a hard time imagining this episode without it. As much yeah. as I dislike. Yeah, and and also it fits in with the whole drama theme of the arc. We had criminology prior to that, then we had uh, human development with the venom arc and everything. I mean, say, I mean. We had uh, engineering at the beginning of the season, and I recall, f- and we we had a lot of that stuff, and it was always worked worked in sometimes subtly, and sometimes in this case overtly throughout the right. series. I mean, the theme of the show has always been the education of Peter Parker. Granted, well, they didn't turn Peter into a theater geek at all. I mean, that's def- <laughs> which, which makes no sense yeah. for him. That's definitely Mary Jane, and right. And I'll be honest, that's I, one of the reasons why I always love that. Re- that relationship was it's the science guy and the theater geek, which um, hey, just like Otto and and his wife in Spider Man Two, I he didn't understand Tennyson. Yeah. I, if you I mean, want to get this woman to fall in love with you, yeah, feed her poetry. That, yeah, that was like that, I, I, maybe the part where he's trying to read the poetry to her is like my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and that's actually yeah, because he's so bad at it. That's yeah, yeah. I, I get that it's supposed to like make you enduring with Peter Parker. I'm like no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah, and uh, that's also one of the reasons why I'm not the biggest fan of Peter and Gwen as a couple because if they're both science people, at what point do they become carbon? It's boring. Yeah. It's there's there's no there's no pushing and pulling there's no there's no bro, like the good type of tension in that relationship. Well, in fairness, they dropped the science angle with Gwen fairly quickly because you know Stan's like, oh, she likes oh, she likes science. Uh, I just want her to be Joan. I mean, yeah, I mean she, that's who she was. She was based on Joan. That's why he wanted to get to, why he wanted them to be the item. Yeah, that's why I wanted them to get married. Everyone, everyone likes Mary Jane better. They're like, oh, crap. Uh, take her out of the comics. Um, okay, let's give her a really, really bad haircut. Uh, let's tear her off with Harry Osborn. Like, they tried everything. Yeah. They didn't work. 
and, yeah. and believe me, I mean, I mean, I know Gerard, you said at the beginning you were afraid I was going to get mad. I didn't get mad at all. I mean, if anything, I expected this months ago when we were getting to this episode, and I figured <laughs> we're going to have a good discussion about this, and because we're all coming at this from different aspects. I mean, if I wanted to just hear my own opinion, this would be a solo podcast. Right, and I'm glad we had the discussion. I thought it was enlightening, and I hope I hope the fans enjoy listening to it. I I, um, I, I can imagine a few people getting angry at times, but at throwing things, some people standing up and cheering. I don't know. This, this is going to be an interesting one to see the reactions. You know to. what we should have? We should have a way to you know leave some feedback. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, you know what? We have a voicemail line. That's right. It's eight one eight nine two five six six three one. That's eight one eight nine clone one. If you like words. Uh, in your phone numbers, but yes, that is the phone number. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, what show you're calling about, and keep it under three minutes, and we will play it here on this particular program, yeah. the next fan panel. Final now, curtain, if, and oh my god, we're finally here. Yep, and if you also want to uh, leave us an email, it's spectacularradio at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a line on our social medias, that is also an option. You can go to SpideyDude.com, home of the Spidey Dude Radio Network on Facebook, or Facebook.com slash Spidey Dude Radio Network, at Spidey Dude Radio on Face, or excuse me, on Twitter, and on Instagram is at Spidey Dude Network. So that is the, uh, those, and, and if you can't find those, you can always go to our front page where you can find our Discord link, join our Discord server uh spidey-dude.com is our website so you have all these different ways you can reach us and let us know what you think yeah and and i want to say thank everyone for listening join us all next time when we speak with greg wiseman about final curtain and vic cook will be joining us as well that's right vic cook is going to be a part of that episode really always a pleasure to talk to him and i'm really looking forward to it yes and i would and and Join us also for our final fan panel, which is going to be big, spectacular, and hopefully we'll have a few surprises and some familiar faces joining us, familiar voices, yeah. and or or maybe some not so familiar voices. We'll see. But, I, but yeah. and again, we want to hear from you. This is your last chance. We want you to be a part of our final show. Absolutely. Uh, just just a final reminder: voicemail line eight one eight nine two five six six three one. Email address is spectacularradio at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow us on our socials. You can find all of those uh, links. They're at the top of the page on spidey-dude.com. If you're looking at mobile, I am working on making sure all those links are working on the mobile version of the site. Um, but yes, all of uh, everything should be working on uh, the regular version of the site. So definitely check us out there, and we look forward to to seeing everybody one Next last time the final cousin Feared and sealed and found! Goblin, lead them up and down.